Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for this week. A short week for all of us here in the USA, as it is Thanksgiving week. Not that that matters much for me. <laughs> I don't have to be at work every day, but I do show up. Uh, I wanted to tell everybody about uh, this wonderful weekend that I had. I was working a fair, uh, a psychic fair at a place in Mount Vernon, Washington called Mystical Wares. It is a beautiful place. And the people that own the store are just beautiful people. And when you walk in, you have all of this really good energy. It just greets you right there at the door. And I'd never done a fair there before. In fact, I hadn't done a fair in probably, what, four or five years. And so I, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, but it was wonderful. It was really a wonderful experience. But I realized that I cannot do fairs alone, which is a good thing to know. Uh, luckily, I had my daughter with me on Saturday and my husband came with me on Sunday to help talk to people while I was uh, doing readings for people. And uh, we met some fantastic people, a, a, a guy that was very young, maybe in his early 20s, that was very much a medium who walked right up to my daughter and told her that she was a starseed and that where she was from. And of course, she knew this because she has a mother who does these kinds of charts. And I'd already figured that out for her. And he knew exactly where she was from. It was such a fantastic experience, but it was a little weird, as in he suddenly started talking about our son that passed away in July last year and giving us messages from him, things that he would have no way of knowing. And it was so it was so it was like weird. Right. You expect that when you go to a medium and that a medium is going to bring those messages to you, but you don't expect it from somebody who is a participant, you know, just coming into the store to do a fair and comes up to you and starts giving you messages. <clears throat> Yesterday, when my husband was there, he came up to him and said, oh, how's your new, how are your new train layouts going? And he would, I mean, how do you know this stuff, right? Unless, you know, and my husband is not like big on, on uh, Facebook. He quickly texted our daughter to see if she had mentioned his train love uh, in the um, conversation the day before. I hadn't because I was busy, so I didn't really get to talk to him very much. And <laughs> he said, no, your son told me. And I went, oh, that's so funny. But it was fun, except I had the weirdest experience yesterday. <clears throat> I was doing fine the whole time. And I got to the end of the day and it was a quarter to five, I think it was. And we're, we're due to shut down, break down at five. And so I start breaking down and I started feeling really ill. And I didn't know, I'm like, what is going on with me? So by the time I left, when I walked out the door of the place, I was nauseous. I had a headache and a neck ache like you couldn't believe. And I got in the car and my husband's like, okay, where do you want to go for dinner? I said, I really don't want to eat. I just couldn't even think of that. I might, I, you know, how you get that nauseous, sick feeling. And uh, so he drove through and picked himself up and me up a, a burger, but I couldn't eat it. When I got home, I threw my stuff down, got into my jammies and I fell asleep at 6.15, did not wake up till 8.30. And then I was hungry. Then I wasn't nauseous anymore. Then I felt like I was tired, but I felt fine. It was, and, I, and I had a fever. I had a fever when I left the building. 
So I'm like, why, yeah, yeah, I don't have any clue what that was all about. Um, maybe just the energy release, right? Moving from this building that has, oh, I mean, I can't even tell you how many kinds of crystals and stones were in that place. And I, I mean, big giant points of rose quartz and crystal quartz and shungite. They, he has a ton of shungite. And my, my uh, little table was sitting right across from a shungite water fountain. And it was amazing. But I'm wondering if maybe I, when I left that night, the energy just didn't like the idea of leaving so quickly. I don't know, because that did not happen the night before. But anyway, today, so I, when I went to bed last night, I thought, oh, no, I'm probably not going to be able to come on and do my morning show because of the way I felt. But I woke up and I was like, wow, I feel fine. I'm coming on. I'm doing my show. So here I am. <laughs> and we actually have a lot to talk about today as we are staring down a Jupiter kind of week. Not only is the sun moving into Sagittarius, a sign ruled by Jupiter, but Jupiter herself himself is uh, moving out of, of retrograde and into forward motion. And he is retrograde right now in Pisces, a sign that he also has co-rulership over with the planet Neptune. And then we have the new moon literally just about 20 minutes after Jupiter turns direct. We have a new moon in Sagittarius, a sign ruled by Jupiter. So you kind of get the feeling that this week is all about the planet of growth and expansion, but also of optimism and our evolution of consciousness. So it'll be very interesting to see how our attitudes, how our feelings begin to change uh, as we move out of the energy of Scorpio, right? We've had today, in fact, the moon is in Scorpio or it will be at 9.16 a.m. my time, uh, West Coast time. So what would that be? 12.16 p.m. for those of you uh, further east. And this feels to me like the moon coming through Scorpio before it heads into the new. This would be the balsamic phase, right? The ending, the dark of the moon, um, the ending of the phase before we start the new. Um, it feels like we're finishing up our Scorpio business, right? Now we've got Venus and Mercury having moved into Sag, the sun tomorrow moving into Sagittarius. That leaves only the south node in the sign of Scorpio. Now that won't change until we get into the spring. But for now, suffice it to say that if you've done your inner work, right, what, you could look back now over these last several weeks and ask the question, what baggage have I left behind? What was I able to release? What did I escape from, right? What did I like, you know, cut the chains, <laughs> cut, cut the ropes, cut the bindings, right? Uh, because that's, you know, the, the theme that we've all been looking at is what can we let go, release and let go, right? What passion have you connected with that perhaps you were not ready to really face yet? Um, and are, are you now ready, having gone through this Scorpio phase, to really connect with that passion and live from that passion, right? When I was talking to people on the weekend, it was very clear that people got stuck. They've been stuck in old patterns. And that's a very Scorpio kind of thing. And the message, of course, was about facing what it is that you love and going in that direction as a way to let go of what you've been stuck in or to be able to find the path to the new place where you want to go. What secrets have been exposed? Uh, what things have been hiding in your unconsciousness or in your uh, subconscious mind that might have come to the surface through dreams, through connections with other people, through your journaling, uh, that type of thing. Uh, 
And when those secrets were exposed, what were you, what profound shift did you feel because of that? So these are all questions for processing and understanding more about what you've gone through. What do you now know about yourself that you didn't know before? Right? What did you now know? What do you now know about yourself that you didn't know before? What was coming up from the depths and what was moving outward from you, right? And now today, as we get into just about another hour or so, or uh, no, that doesn't happen until Wednesday morning, the moon will be in Sagittarius. And I want to talk about Sagittarius energy because, of course, everything's shifting into Sagittarius right now. And we've already got Mercury and Venus there. And on Wednesday, we have the new moon in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius's ruler, uh, Jupiter, is now turning retrograde, I mean, turning direct out of retrograde. Uh, in the sign of Pisces. So we have a lot, a preponderance of evidence that we are ready for a shift that moves us forward or takes us into growth or into more optimistic territory. Now, the moon in Sagittarius is kind of the philosopher, right? The inner wise woman or wise man, the mentor, the guide, the teacher. And you can do one of two things here. You can either recognize that within yourself in how you are working with people around you, or you can be attracted to or find some form of spiritual teacher, wise person that is going to in some way help you embrace an evolution in your consciousness, right? But optimism and growth orientation are big during Jupiter transits like this. And the 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 wisdom in this is that be ready for growth and be optimistic, but don't go too far too fast. Stay proportional, right? I always like to use the uh, uh, a metaphor of someone who wants to run a, met uh, a uh, uh, marathon, right? But they've never uh, run more than a mile, right? And a marathon is 26 miles. So you can't only have run a mile, a mile, a mile, and decide that you're gonna do a marathon and be able to run 26 miles. That's just not, uh, that doesn't make sense, right? It's not proportional. You have to work yourself up to that 26 mile run and not by doing one mile runs. <laughs> At some point, you're going to have to have run 26 miles to see if it's even possible for you to participate in that marathon. So in our lives, then let's bring it back to, you know, what we do on a daily basis is we have to actually be very aware of how it is that we're, we're growing and to not like throw all of our eggs in one basket and, and just hope and pray for the best. We want to be able to move so, sort of incrementally forward in our lives, being optimistic, yes, but also knowing that life doesn't you know, always just work in a way where we just throw everything out there. I mean, it can, it can but you also have to then be willing to you know, be okay with whatever doesn't happen, right? Or whatever falls apart. So it's always much better with optimism to go incrementally, one step at a time, maybe two or three steps at a time, wait, kind of come to a pause, see what's going on, and then go some more. So growth orientation, definitely, but slower growth, maybe more deliberate growth. Let's do that, deliberate growth. This is also uh, the explorer adventurer motif. So what things might you want to get uh, attracted to or be a part of that widens your, your lens in some way, right? Exploring the world, exploring different modalities, 
um, adventuring to, into territory you've not adventured into, being brave, courage, right? This is a fire sign. Sagittarius is fire. And it's all about the courage of your convictions and the courage to take that next step to grow, right? That next step to grow and uh, embrace a widening circle of, of wisdom in your life. The sign of Sagittarius integrates a broad world vision or a broader cultural vision. So we see ourselves not just as uh, a race. We don't see ourselves just as, you know, citizens of a country. We don't really even just see ourselves as citizens of planet Earth, but we are adopting a bigger, wider lens that we are part of something much bigger, right? Something we're galactic or we're intergalactic, we're universal, right? We're a part of the, the Godhead, right? We're all pieces of that bigger picture. So if we're adopting that broader world vision or that broader cultural vision during this time, then it makes it very difficult to be uh, uncaring about what's going on with other citizens around the world or with other people in your community or the other members of your family, right? So we adopt a broader world vision. Generosity and magnanimity, uh, the need to be proportional, all of these are also part of that Sagittarius uh, energy, as well as honesty, ethics, and being ethical, and being in integrity. This is a place in our charts where we have to be, in, in, when I think of ethics, I think about walking your talk, right, doing what you say you're going to do doing things in a way that's mutually supportive where we create win-win as opposed to I win, you lose. Um, none of that, you know, is a, a path to growth. And having integrity, being true to yourself is what I think of as, with integrity, right? Being true to you and being in your own skin kind of thing, right? Uh, honesty, being honest with yourself and others, but we also know that Sagittarius has that tendency to be blunt, to uh, be really uh, honest in a way that can be hurtful, even though that isn't what the intention is. So for those of you out there who have open throats in your human design, make sure you're invited to be blunt. Make sure you're invited to share uh, what it is that you're sharing. And even if you have a defined throat and you're meant to speak, you might stop and say, you know, can I, I, I've made some observations about what you're saying or what you're doing or what you're, you know, just about this situation. Uh, are you open to hearing what I have to say about it? And waiting for that person to say yes or no. If they say no, you have to be able to be quiet. You have to say, okay, but, you know, if you're ready to hear something about this or want my opinion or want my uh, insight, come to me. I'll be willing to share with you. And if they say yes, of course, then it's all ready, open for you to share. And then it gets greeted by the other person in the spirit in which you're trying to give it. So that is then another energy in Sagittarius, which is supportiveness, right? Mutually supportive, right? Supporting one another to grow and expand, supporting one another to become more conscious, more aware, to live more spiritually, to live more in alignment with who it is that we want to be, okay? So also friendly, Sagittarius is a more friendly energy. The fire signs are like that. They kind of lead with their heart. The heart energy is friendly. It's open. It's loving. Um, it is, you know, like 
draws you in, right? Fire draws you in. So that will be our moon in Sagittarius. So that's the Sagittarius energy. And so we're preparing to move out of this darker, more inward cycle that has been all the planets moving through Scorpio. But we still have the south node there. So we may still have some energy of the past. Some of the baggage might still need, it might still come up, right? Because when we take two steps forward, have you ever noticed that life is usually like this? Two steps forward, one step back, right? Two steps forward, one step back. Well, that's kind of what is up for us at the moment is that we might be you know optimistic and we want to take two steps forward but with the south node still holding energy of the past and of our fears and you know karma we may you know take that two steps forward and go oops i didn't clear this so i need to go back so keeping in mind that it might be more like breathing right the out breath the in breath the out breath the in breath for a while yet at least until the spring while I want you to not be afraid to grow and expand, just know that the process might not be just one straight shot to growth. <laughs> it might be kind of a Watusi or a, a two-step, right? Two steps forward, one step back. Uh, okay, let me stop for a moment and say good morning to everybody. Uh, hello, treat yourself. It's great to see you out there. Terry, good morning to you. Uh, Kajela, nice to see you out there. Uh, thank you. Treat yourself. That was uh, more than a year ago. I've really come through a lot since then. I, I see death in a whole different way now. Doesn't mean that I don't miss him every day of my life, uh, but it's just different now. And I, now I understand when people tell you at the beginning of a loss like that, that, you know, grief will change, right? Grief will change you. And it certainly did. Um, but it changes, right, over time. You never lose the grief completely, but it changes. And I'm living proof of that. Uh, J-Lo, hello to you. Leslie, good morning. She or he has been feeling the astrology so deeply this month. What sign are you, Leslie? Because it might be because of the sign that you're, you are or the, the way that the, the signs are connected in your chart. Natasha, good morning. She says, I think there was something last night, Sunday, as I am feeling good, yet my food decided to not stay in my body overnight. Gosh, so maybe there was something going on. I know for me, I just didn't eat. Right. I just I knew the way I was feeling, if I put food in my stomach, it was going to come back up. I didn't even put water in because I just knew whatever it was, was not going to stay there. <laughs> um, but a couple of hours of sleep after coming home uh, seemed to repair that. But also it was late, so I didn't want to eat a lot like a full meal. I just ate a few bites of my burger and then uh, went to bed and I was fine. Woke up in a fairly decent uh, shape this morning. Christine Buckingham, hello to you. And Natasha says, oh, yes, I really guessed release the last two weeks of, yes. <laughs> I love all those emojis. I like the, ah, uh, the, that's kind of what we've all been doing. Kamal, good morning to you. JLo says, oh, shoot. Well, I'm defined yet hanging 17. Right, so hanging 17, but you are designed to bring out that wisdom, to bring out your opinions when you are invited to do so, JLo. And really, that's that's because, you know, you have some profound insight there, right? You know what you know, and yet you have to wait for people to want to know what you know. Once they know, once you know that they want to know what you know, <laughs> um, or you have permission, let's like bring it down to that, uh, then your insight will be taken in by the other person. 
right? And they'll, you know, you could, you end up validated because your insight was taken in, accepted, and, you know, not necessarily making it their truth, but at least that they were willing to listen to you, right? That's a big part of it. Terry, that's me after a group. Uh, you know, Terry is a medium herself. She is the first person that we talked to. I think it was in October after Brian died in July. We went to see her last October and she is amazing. She's an amazing medium and it takes a toll on her. She is a reflector. So you can imagine a reflector that all they're doing is taking in the energy of everyone around them and they amplify the energy and they rebroadcast it. So she's taking in, you know, when she does, you know, we were a group of like, I don't know, seven, six, seven people that day uh, that we wanted these messages from Brian and he very much accommodated us and came through. Uh, but I guarantee it took a toll on Terry, right? Because a reflector, so she can be on and then needs tons of rest afterwards, right? Needs to be able to get rid of all of that energy that she took on. So we had a great conversation that day too, after uh, her, uh, her session with us um, to tell her about that. And then she came to see me yesterday also. And it was really good to see you, Terry. Uh, Leslie says, Leo rising, Leo rising. Did I, did I miss what sign you are? What's the sun? Uh, JLo, yes, I had a funny rabbit hole with just my BD. I don't know what that is. And someone else ended up finishing the dig with the numbers. <laughs> uh, okay, you'll have to tell us more about that. I don't know what that what you mean about that. Uh, so anyway, let's go on to talk a little bit about the new moon. So the new moon and Jupiter turning direct happen within, uh, within well, let's see, Jupiter stations direct at 2.29 p.m. my time, West Coast time, 5.29 p.m. on the East Coast. And the new moon happens at 2.57 p.m and uh, 5.57 p.m. East Coast time. So from 29 to 57 is, you know, what, maybe 20 something minutes. So they are coming into each other's energy very quickly. So that's kind of weird, right? Jupiter stationing direct. So we get the hit that something new is coming, right? That something more is possible, that we're heading toward expansion, that we're heading toward growth. And then we get the new moon. And at the new moon, we have the, the breakthrough moment. We have the beginning of something, right? That's the time where we get to have that new beginning. And the new moon in Sagittarius, which is Jupiter ruled, is all about goodwill and fortune. There's good luck here, right? Some being in the right place at the right time with the right opportunity, the right words to share with somebody in the right moment that has impact and changes people's lives. And then, of course, we have growth, we have expansion, and that expansion and growth often coming because of optimism. So we go back to that same energy. And this is the beginning of a new sun-moon cycle. So when we have the new moon, it's the beginning of something new. So we are organically moving with the planets into new territory. We have a sort of initiation, right, or a fresh start or a new beginning in some way. And to me, it really feels like coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark of school. Well, first of all, we've come through all of the gates on the spleen being hit from last the last week in September through the first week of November and prickling all up uh, in our faces the fears that we might have lying in sort of the shadows, right? 
Then just as we get to the end of that cycle, we begin a collective shadow cycle according to the Pleiadian Earth energy calendar. And that takes us into seeing the bigger shadows of the of humanity on the world stage. And then all that while we have all of these planets lined up in Scorpio and on top of that eclipses across Scorpio and Taurus. So from about the end of September until just recent, like till tomorrow, Wednesday, I mean, when we have the new moon, we've been in a period of some pretty deep darkness. Now, you might not have noticed it while you were in it because you were busy putting out fires or you were busy, you know, rising to the occasion of whatever it was that was coming up for you. But now in retrospect, looking back to last week in September, I'm like, wow, right? Just wow, we've been through a whole lot. Now, we so so now today I'm sitting here looking at and excited for what more is possible. So the new moon giving us granting us that wish of being able to connect to possibilities what what is possible right uh, now jupiter as the ruler of this particular new moon then is about material and spiritual growth material as in 3d right what can we grow maybe we grow our business maybe we're growing our families maybe we're growing in better health maybe we're growing monetarily all different kinds of things that could be growing but we're also growing spiritually. Why would I say that? Because Jupiter turns direct at 28 degrees of Pisces, a sign it also co-rules with unconditional loving Neptune, but also disillusionment and crazy blurriness and inability to see clearly. In the inability to see clearly, we're forced to move into our intuitive faculties. We're forced to move into our knowingness we're forced to move into our gut instinct. And Jupiter turning direct here reminds us that we are always connected to something larger than ourselves, right? We're never without our guides. We're never without our higher self. We're never without that divine connection. So there's a lot of uh, spiritual growth possible as we move on forward as well. So the evolution of consciousness might not just be uh, something that affects us in the physical realm, but something that affects us in all of the realms, right? You know that you're a multidimensional being, right? <clears throat> that you're focused here in 3D and you're meant to live a very physical 3D life, making a life in the physical realm. A lot of people are out there trying to escape the physical realm because they want to be in the spiritual realm, but you have to be in the physical and understand you did not lose anything by coming here. You stayed connected to your spiritual self. So there is a part of you in all the dimensions, 3D, 4D, 5D, 6D, all the way up. And that means that you have access at all times to your divine self. But we make choices, right? We choose, we have free will on this planet. It's why you came here. You came here because this planet is an exercise in how does free will look, right? How does that work? And so we always have free will is also choice. And then every choice has a consequence, right? So at this point, we've been looking through the shadow at the consequences of the choices that we've made previously. And we might be looking at that going, mm, well, that didn't work out so good, right? Or you know, I have a deep-seated fear of, of talking to people or I have a deep-seated fear of taking the next step. 
And now, as of the new moon on Wednesday, you can step out of that, stepping out of that shadow, right? Really accommodating your soul and its desire to experience, experience more and more, okay? So, woo, right? Good stuff there. Now, uh, the Sagittarius new moon, we always look at the new moon and we want to see, okay, what's connected to it, or even the full moon, we want to see who's connected, who's in the neighborhood, and how are they uh, somewhat affecting or influencing the new moon? What's the uh, influence of the, the new beginning here? And what we have is the, the new moon at 1 degrees 38 minutes of Sagittarius, 138. And then we have Venus at 9 degrees, Mercury at 10 degrees. And that, even though that seems like a, a, a spread, we have a stellium there with the moon, the sun, Venus, Mercury. So there's a, a lot of potential for us to pull in inner planet energy. And Mercury, of course, involved is about let's interact, let's connect, let's chat, right? Let's converse. Let's have a, 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 a conversation, right? Let's Let's see if we can move towards some kind of balance or harmony. Let's see if we can find, a lot Venus here, cooperation, right? Let's see if we can have a diplomatic solution to whatever is uh, the problem in on the world stage or in our personal uh, relationships. It's encouraged for us to uh, embrace that kind of interaction, right? Recognizing that we're all interdependent. Somebody should tell the U.S. Congress this, right? Or all the Congresses and governments of the world. Find a way to move through uh, in cooperation and diplo diplomacy, finding ways that we could work together. And, and when we do that, not everybody gets everything that they want, but we find the best way that gets the most bang for the buck and helps the most number of people. Not the people with the money, right? Not just the people that, you know, want to have uh, their way. So we're encouraged then to find the pathway through cooperation, but we also have to do it in plain speak, not BS speak, right? Not the flowery, flowery rhetoric BS, right? We, we, no, plain speak. This is Sagittarius energy. Get to the point. And you can do that. You can be blunt without being hurtful, right? You can be to the point without making it so that you're saying things in a way that makes other people upset or angry. But let's not, you know, beat around the bush kind of thing. Let's say it, call a spade a spade. Say it what it is, right? This isn't working. This thing isn't sustainable. How do we make this work? How do we come together? Those kinds of things, right? Be plain in how it is that you speak, but also be plain in how it is you speak to yourself. Right. Don't hide behind, you know, some flowery thing like don't gloss things over. Be willing to be plain. Right. Be willing to just say it. Um, we might see positive worldly impacts with this kind of energy. Right. Because it just feels like everybody comes out of the shadowy energy and decides, OK, now let's go in a new direction or let's let's find a, a path forward that works for as many people as we can make it work for. How long that lasts, no one knows. Actually, I have a hint. That might last until, I think it's in uh, Dece late December or January when Jupiter moves back into Aries. <laughs> Jupiter moves into the sign of Aries where it's all about boldness. 
it's confrontation, it's conflict, possibly uh, a conflict of ideologies, right? The coming together of, you know, two different energies that are crashing into one another. But for the moment, let's find a path forward that works with one another, right? That works together. Okay, comments. Let's see. Christine, natal Jupiter in Scorpio retrograde 054. Wondering how the retrograde and direct has an impact. Well, anytime a planet turns retrograde, of course, it moves us inward. So at, so you had a Scorpio Jupiter. Uh, is Are you saying it's retrograde from birth? I think that's what you're saying. So you're really on this planet to do sort of that deep dive. And the outer world is always going to be the reflection of things that you need to change inside of you, right? The shadows, the baggage, the grief, the um, unforgiveness, the karma all within you that needs to be, you know, let go of. Uh, so your lifetime, it would seem as far as a path to evolution of consciousness lies in forgiveness of yourself and of others, right? But also in gratitude, right? Being, it is a sign that holds gratitude energy or its opposite sign, Taurus, you know, attracts that to you. But because Scorpio and Taurus are both fixed signs, what you may see in your life, Christine, before you get to the solutions here are repeating patterns. And it's the repeat in the patterns that should in indicate to you what it is that needs to be shifted. And, you know, I hate to say it this way, but really all the problems that you experience are because of your own inner dynamic, right? You're, you're here to change that dynamic, to see yourself in a, in a better light, to forgive yourself, but also, you know, forgive the person out there that's showing you what you still need to work with inside of you. So there's a lot going on, but your path of growth is definitely a spiritual one and definitely one of excavating the dark places, right? excavating the shadows. So when you get to a time period like we've just been in, where there's a lot of shadow energy coming up, that could have either been a really good time for you uh, because you were very willing, you have to be willing and able to work through everything that pops up. Um, and, or it could have been a time where shadows that you thought were long, you know, fixed, worked on, done come back. And now you're left wondering, like, I thought I dealt with that. So you might still have some other layers of things that are coming up um, that you need to apply forgiveness to forgiveness and release, releasing, surrendering, trusting, big words for you. Um, come on, Leo sun, Aries moon, Leo rising, lots of fire, fire, fire. You are definitely someone that needs to be out there in the world. Come all doing what you love. Do not make other people or let other people make you do something that you don't want to do uh, or make you think that you can't do things because you're here to do things that you want. Uh, then Christine says that would require politicians to put citizens and the court first. We can get there. Uh, or the country first. Autocorrect. Sorry. <laughs> That makes more sense. JLo, I am in a similar boat, Christine. I have Uranus at 0, 20, uh, and uh, Gate 2 evolution in Scorpio. Yeah, the Gate 2 has been a big player. So when we look at that in human design, it's on, it, it's a gate that sits on the uh, sacral. Is Why am I, why did I just go brain dead? I think it sits on, actually, the gate two sits on the identity center. So the seat of your soul, it's the center for love and direction. 
And this gate, the, the gate has an energy of allowing and being receptive to input from the outer world, but also allowing um, abundance, right? Allowing the flow of energy to come in. And it does connect, the gate two connects down to the gate 14 uh, at the sacral. And the 14 is really about prosperity, about abundance. And uh, uh, this is the kind of abundance that you work for. So um, um, amounts to allowing the work that you do to, to generate prosperity for you, right? That finding, and it's not about, it's not about finding the work that, that pays higher. It's about the fact that when you align naturally and do the work with that you love, the money just seems to flow, right? It just kind of happens. Like no need to stress over it. It just happens. So we have that going on uh, with the gate too. And Uranus is sitting there uh, and, and he plays the role of the liberator. He plays the role of that awakener through shock sometimes right? That allows us to see where we haven't been allowing the flow. Maybe we've been cutting it off, right? Maybe by our actions, by our beliefs, by the way that we've been acting with uh, others in the world, we've cut off our good. So we get to restore that. That's the whole idea. And, you know, the North and the South node were also sitting at the gate two and one and the gate two, the North node, the direction we're moving in right? At least until November 27th. Uh, and then the nodes are, are going to shift. And I'm going to actually do uh, a talk about that. Uh, not today, but uh, after sometime this weekend, I'll do a talk on that and put it up as a recording. And we can talk about it next week as well a little bit. It'll happen this coming Sunday where the nodes shift from the two and the one into the 24 and the 44. So we're moving into a time of gratitude and blessings and rewriting the story of our experiences uh, and moving out of, we've learned the lesson, hopefully, we've learned the lesson, but we'll continue to learn the lesson as long as Uranus sits there of allowing, right, of being in receiving, of, you know, being in that feminine, it's the most yin gate in human design, means it's the most feminine energy, it's the most receptive energy, it's the energy of being open-armed, open-hearted, you know, open-minded, allowing, right? Allowing. Um, <laughs> well, it doesn't matter uh, your, uh, where actually your Uranus is because you're transiting Uranus is at two for everybody. So everybody has gate two activated by Uranus at this moment. So it works either way you look at it, JLo. <laughs> Uh, Natasha, that's why when I go through that deep shadow work, some are like implosions come in and looking deeply. Yeah, it, they are implosions, right? But it's typically triggered by something in the outer world. So somebody says something or you don't get what you want or something happens to someone else and you get triggered. Like other people in our lives are often the carriers for us of that awakening moment. And they don't know that that's what they're doing right? They, they don't know that you place them on your path to wake you up into this particular thing at this particular time to clear that shadow. But it can feel like implosions, right? Inside all these things happening. Uh, okay, so uh, let's look at the human design of the new moon then. 
uh, and if you guys have questions about that, you know, keep you can keep asking me. I'll take a look at that. Uh, Natasha said, "Yes, outer is the inner, right? It is the outer. The outer is the inner. It's the reflection. Uh, when you when you look outside of you and you see love and bliss and happiness and fairy tale dust, right? All of that going on. You're carrying that. That's you, because that outer world is reflecting that to you." But if you're looking at the outer world and you're getting called into chaos and and anger and upset or frustration or you're feeling uh, let down or not good enough, that reflection is because you're holding that inside of you. So what you see in your outer world is always the call for you to do more inner work, right? If you don't like what you're seeing out there, right? If someone's really irked you or pissed you off in some way, it's not that person. Right. They took the action or they said something. But if it resonated to you in a way that made you angry or upset, that's because you're holding something inside of you that matched that. Right. You were allowed you allowed yourself your choice to be triggered. But the trigger might have been because there's still something within you in the shadow that you need to release. So you can never really blame or shame other people in your outer world for doing what they do. You place them there, right? These are all like sort of karmic connections. We're all here to serve one another in uh, uh, to release our karma, to become more enlightened, right? To become more conscious. So thank that person, right? Thank that person that irritated you or caused you some kind of angst or anxiety because you put them there. They're showing you something about you. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard because we want to be victim-y. We want to say, you know, that person did this to me and that's why I can't do what I want to do, right? My parents made it so that I couldn't have what I wanted to have. They always told me this, 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 and this. Yeah, okay, they did. Now, what are you going to do about it, right? Your choice. It's always your choice. But we still live in sort of that field, that shadow field of victim energy on the planet. And boy, oh boy, are we going to get a comeuppance with that as we get into the beginning of 2022 and three, 2023, <laughs> which this is a great time to remind you all to get your ticket now for your astrology of 2023 webinar that comes along with your free personalized astrology of 2023 report. You can go onto my website and scroll down about, oh, halfway and you'll see that you can purchase that and it comes with a report. You don't have to accept, send me your birth information. Um, often I just sent it to people. If I had you already in my uh, system, I would just send you the report uh, because I figured you wanted it because you bought the ticket. Um, but if I don't know you or if you're someone fairly new to my, oh, it's so good to see you feeling better, Binksy. Oh, she had gotten my poor kitty. She got either an eagle tried to pick her up a bald eagle and they can do it because she's only nine pounds and they can pick up 20 pound fish uh salmon out of the ocean um or she got into a tussle with a raccoon or with another cat i don't know which but on her back end i noticed a little teeny weeny bump one day and then next thing i know it's this big giant bump and oh my god she was getting worse and worse and i didn't know what to do i called the vet and the vet can't there's not a vet in this valley where i live that can see an animal before late december or early january i couldn't believe it 
They said, you'll have to go to the, the emergency animal hospital. Well, when you call there, they tell you it's a two-hour wait. Do you really want to sit in a, two, in a waiting room with a cat for two hours? Yeah. So we did some home, some self-help. You know, my husband put a hot compress, warm compress on it, opened up the abscess, drained it, put some Neosporin and Vaseline on it. And now she's back to her perky self, right? So it's good to see her feeling good once more. Um, anyway, all right, going back to astrology. Yes, I'm so glad she's okay, too, because it was terrible. I could just tell. Like, every day, she was just getting worse and worse, and I didn't know what was going on until I pet her one day. I was just stroke, like massaging down her spine, and I hit this one spot, and she nearly came unglued. And then I went, oh, what is going on? So, anyway, she is okay. She may need antibiotics, but I think you have to take them to a vet to get antibiotics. I think she's perking up, though. Uh yeah, and not knowing can be so stressful, right? I don't know what's going on with her, but I just know she's not acting herself. But today she's acting herself. She's running around playing here at my feet, <laughs> which I haven't seen her do in like five days. So we've turned a corner. And of course, it helps that I keep dude locked out so he can't come in and pester her so that she could convalesce, whatever it is. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for good wishes there. Uh, okay, so uh, lo looking then now at the uh, human design gate for the new moon. This is where things get a little tricky because the the new moon is falling at the gate 34, which is on the sacral, which is a gate that now is going to be defined by, uh, up by the earth up to the gate 20. So now we have the manifesting generator archetypal energy floating around for everybody. So we are all my reflectors, my projectors, my manifestors, and even generators who don't normally have uh, the sacral connected directly to the throat, you are all going to have access to this very powerful energy that works in response. So I want to talk about that because, you know, we get, we, we almost have this feeling we're, you know, getting the puppet strings cut or, you know, we have, you know, some baggage released and now we want to fly, but flying too far too fast, like Icarus moving up to the sun you know, we melt, right? So we have to be able to do this in a logical uh, way. So when we have a gate like that progressive or uh, power when responding, it means that we are not going to just willy nilly take on every opportunity that shows up for us or every take action on every idea that we're inspired by. We are only going to take action on those things that show up in the outer world right, that you can respond to. So it makes us all manifesting generators for the next week, literally from the 22nd tomorrow until the 27th. So that for us in the uh, USA is all through the, the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, that's why Black Friday is always so crazy, right? We have all of this energy, right? We get out there and we have all these opportunities, all these sales going on, and we want to go crazy. I don't even participate in that because I'm not going to do that. I just don't want to participate. But power in response means that when something that you've had an idea or an inspiration or something that you truly want to do, and then the opportunity pathway opens up in your outer world, that's a, an indication from the universe, go in that direction. But you also have to run that through your authority in your human design. 
So some of you may not understand what authority is, but I think of authority and strategy as the decision, how we make decisions. So if you're a projector or a reflector or a manifester or any of the other types, really, you still have to follow your own strategy. So projectors waiting for the invitation, reflectors, big decisions you have to wait 28 days for. Manifestors, you are sort of the creative in, in, in initiators. So it, it doesn't really matter for you because you can always take action and then withdraw the energy and then go into something else. So it's a little bit different for, for manifestors. But <clears throat> you still have to follow that strategy, even if it's out there in the outer world and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. I'm going to do it. But if you weren't invited in, and actually, you could say that maybe being in your outer world is an invitation, but then you still have to follow your authority and your authority is going to be how it is you finally decide whether this is right or not right for you. And that might be splenic. If you have splenic authority, it's intuition or gut instinct. It speaks in the moment when it when there's something outside for you to respond to. It says, yeah, do it or no, no, don't do it. Not no, Don't do it. And. You either listen in the moment or you don't. And it doesn't speak very loud either, right? It's more like an inner knowing that, yeah, that's that. Or no, mm -mm, not that one. So splenic authority speaks quietly and speaks one time. It doesn't come back and haunt you. Now, if you are someone that has sacral authority, the sacral authority uh, is, is very powerful. And all of us are going to, in some ways, have access to this kind of power. And it says, uh-huh, or uh-uh, also in the moment. And it's a body wisdom. It's not so much quiet intuition. It's a body response. And it might be sounds. It might be a feeling, you know, being pulled towards something or pushed away from something. But that can also pop in for all of us. We get a rapid uh-huh or uh-uh. But if that is not your natural authority, you still have to follow your natural authority, right? If you still have splenic authority, even though now you have access to sacral, you have to listen for the quiet voice in response to the opportunity. If you have emotional authority, emotional authority is longer. It's not spontaneous like sacral and splenic is. It takes time, right? Because the energy of emotions flows in waves. And so you have to keep connecting with yourself and asking the question, is this right for me? Does this feel good? Does this make me happy? And if you keep getting a yes over the course of, say, 24 to 48 hours, then, yeah, respond to that outer opportunity. It's the right thing for you. If you get mixed answers, like one minute it's uh-huh, next minute it's no, I don't feel good about that. The next minute is, yeah, that kind of, that's okay. Then it still maybe be a timing issue and it's maybe no, but not right now. And if you get a no, if you keep getting no, that's not right. No, that's not right. Listen to your emotions, right? Notice there isn't an authority that comes from the mind, right? I didn't say listen to your head. I didn't say listen to, you know, the uh, ideas and inspiration that are coming in. Why? Because it's not a place of authority. It's a place of awareness. I could become aware of what my feelings are about doing something. But I cannot make the decision from here because I only have awareness here. But I have the ability to take action from either the spleen, the sacral, or the emotional center. And some people have what we call a self, 
self-generate self, -generate, self oh, why did my mind go blank again? Self-awareness, <laughs> self-definition. Basically, it means that you have the identity center as your authority and you choose based on what you desire, right? It comes from you. Uh, my son has this kind of energy, so he will often talk it out with other people, but he's not really listening to what it is that you might say. He's really waiting to hear what it is that he's saying about it. And uh, when, you know, that's what self kind of awareness is when it's self-authority, self-generated or self-splenic um, or self-projected uh, authority. It's usually projectors or um, manifestors that might have that kind of authority. Typically, it's a projector. All right. Uh, so the gate 34, then a very busy, 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 busy gate. It is the most busy gate. Busy doing what, though, is the question. Are you just busy being busy or are you busy doing life? Are you busy doing something that is uh, that makes sense? You know, busy living your passion, busy, you know, putting out the the energy of attracting customers or, you know, attracting your things that make you happy filling your relationships or fulfilling your relationships, um, working on your health, working on your finances, whatever that is, right? So otherwise, we can get very busy and caught up in just being busy. And as we go into this Thanksgiving holiday here in the USA, at least, we get busy cooking, right? We get busy getting prepared, cleaning our houses for family or for visitors to come. So it can be a very busy time. And, and luckily, we have the energy to sustain ourselves during this busy time. But for those of you who are projectors, reflectors, and manifestors, you may need that break after Thanksgiving Day. So like, don't try thanks. If you're the host for Thanksgiving and you're a projector, manifestor, or um, reflector, if you're the host and having to do all the work to get prepared for that, then don't also go out and do the madness of Black Friday. Because you, and, or if you do, then plan on Saturday and Sunday of this coming week being very much a day of rest for you, days of rest, because you can't do serial busyness very well. To do that undermines your health, undermines your uh, power, uh, really even your immune system. So take care. Uh, but the earth will also be at the gate 20. And so that we have to sort of bear witness to what is the gate 20 all about? Because now we have the sacral center going directly up to the throat. And the gate 20 is, is patience. It's about really being patient to wait for the right opportunity to take action. Not to just take action willy-nilly. Not to just take action on everything that shows up. Right? It's not that we, you, you are not that starved of opportunities that you have to jump at everything. Right? You might feel like you do. You might feel like you can. But that doesn't mean that you should, right? You have to be very judicious, very much listening to your inner voice about what opportunities you're going to take and apply yourself to. So patience is our friend. Patience is our friend, but patience might be in short supply. So be aware of that. Uh, Christine or JLo says, I have an app you can possibly look into. I will send a photo of it to you. Okay, thanks, honey. Uh, Christine, defined spleen and sacral, but have splenic authority. Yeah, splenic. So there's like a uh, an order to authority. If you have a defined emotional center or solar plexus, it is 
hands down always going to be your authority. When you have an open emotional center and a defined spleen, then it's the spleen that becomes the authority. If you have neither spleen nor say or nor uh, emotional center defined, then it becomes then the sacral authority, right? So, but here's the thing. Your authority is really what guides you in the bigger decisions, the ones that are going to have most impact, right? Changing jobs, moving, getting in or out of a relationship, spending big chunks of money, changing life direction, right? Changing jobs like careers. I'm going to be, you know, I've, I've been a pilot all my life and now I'm going to be a cook, right? Big difference, right? Um, so your authority really comes into play with those big things. But you still have access to other authorities. So let's say that you are, well, like you, you're splenic and sacral. Your body is still going through, Christine, the sounds of uh-huh or uh-uh, um, reacting as you, as it were to the opportunity along with the spleen, right? So the spleen with the wisdom of its quiet intuition might also be met by the sacral reaction as well or response as well. So that could be confusing. But let's say you are, you know, deciding whether you want to go into, uh, go shopping today or not. You can listen to the sacral for that, right? You can, your sacral's going, aha, uh -huh, I want to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you get in your car and go. Uh, you can listen to that, unless it is that you're going out car shopping or, you know, house shopping. If you're going out shopping for something big, now you better listen to the spleen. Because the spleen is telling you quietly through instinct whether you're in the right place or the wrong place and the right opportunity, the wrong opportunity, wrong timing, that kind of thing. Okay. I hope that makes sense. Um, because in a way, we all have all of the human design. So it lies there even if we're not meant to use it all the way, right? We may have to understand that I'm borrowing this energy from someone else or from transiting planets like will happen during this week in human design. So if I'm borrowing this energy, then I can't expect it to always be like this. I can use it temporarily, but I still have to pay attention to my natal chart and how I live my life that way. Yeah, that does make sense. Good. Thank you, Christine. Now, quickly, before we end the show here, I wanted to look up the, um, in my astrological mandala, I didn't think about that till just now, I want to look up what um, Sagittarius energy would be. So hold on while I find that. So we get another kind of view of, of this energy. So it will be two Sagittarius that I need to look up. And this is sort of like looking at the Sabian symbols for those of you who are new and don't know what the heck I'm doing. So here is our um, saying for that degree. White capped waves display the power of wind over sea. Ooh, mind over water. The keynote, the mobilization of unconscious energies under the pressure of super personal motives. Wind and sea are in constant interplay, and the results of that interplay are inspiring and beautiful. In symbolism, the wind, uh, pneuma is the early Greek word for spirit, is associated with spiritual dynamism, the stirring of deep energies. This dynamism produces, oh, wait, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. In symbolism, 
The wind is associated with spiritual dynamism, the stirring of deep energies. This dynamism produces, and we have to obey cosmic or super personal rhythms or the power of which is irresistible. At the second stage, uh, we have a picture which contrasts the powerful but beautiful storms of nature with the often gory and hysterical crises of a civilization which progresses through war. The picture presented speaks of the subtleization through rhythmic intensity. Whoa, I have to sit with that one. I think you'll all have to sit with that one. What I get is that like life might be very chaotic on the outer world, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to tap into that chaos, right? That we can rise above that. And uh, we don't have to, we are a part of, we are in the world, but we don't have to be the world kind of thing, right? Ugh. Well, I should have read that before, so I would know how to um, <laughs> really talk to you about that. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to do a Wisdom of the Oracle card reading for us for moving into the new moon and into Jupiter direct and into this new Sagittarius season. And hold one moment while I get that card. Not for you. And upside down. The not for you card. So card number six, not for you. You see a fortune cookie sitting there. Mm. Let's take a look and see what that one means. I feel like that's a warning to stay in balance and harmony. The not for you card essential meaning is a clear knowing that something is being denied you. Rejection is God's protection. But again, it was upside down. So I'm going to read the protection message, which says, don't chase after what flees from you. Don't obsess over what eludes you. Don't bang your head against the wall. There's nothing romantic about what is unavailable, no prize given for torturing yourself, and nothing to be gained by refusing to see the red flags that you have been waving, that, that have been waving since you began your pursuit. Now is the time to walk away. There are other goals, other loves, other games, other successes waiting for you. The way out of obsessing is radical acceptance and surrender. Spirit wants only the best for you. This is a sign that you have something much better waiting for you. Trust. Well, there we have a little bit of a warning not to go off cock, half cocked and chasing after every opportunity. And if you've been chasing after an opportunity and it's elusive, maybe it's just time to let that one go. You have to make room, right? You have to make room for what else is for you, right? So I think that's pretty wise for that card to come up for us. All right, that is it for me today. Thank you so much. Uh, take care. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're here in the USA. And I probably will not be on air on Friday. I may. We'll have to see uh, because I like to keep my holiday weekends open. Uh, but I will definitely be here on Monday the 28th. And we will be talking about what's coming up for December at that point in time. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design, and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.